Lord. Well, let's make our confession. And uh, it is, I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me because because Jesus lives in me. Can you say amen? Now let's humor me along. Ready? The word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. You can be seated. I've shared just a couple of moments about the interesting way to leave a service on Sunday. Um, But um, uh, Wanda and Patricia got me this little gift. It was on my uh, chair when I came in. I love it. Have you seen it, Pam? It's really cute. It says, I love Jesus, I just cuss a little. (laughs) I wonder why they gave that to me. (laughs) Thank you, ladies, I appreciate it. It does resemble somebody I know pretty well. But, you know, uh, some of you are aware, uh, you visitors won't be, but some of you are aware that last Sunday I, I did that first service and I, by the way, where's my pump? I couldn't find it. I wanted to use that today. I wanted to check the pump. I, I don't understand this, but it fits right in with the message. Victory is living the Word of God. You can have victory in your life by living the Word of God, but you can have victory given to you, but if you're not living the Word of God, then that victory is not going to manifest for you. There are a lot of people who have acknowledged Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, but they're not walking in the victory that is already theirs. It would be like having a bundle of money and living like a poor person. Uh, you you got all that money and you don't understand it. You don't even know you have it, but you have it somewhere and you don't acknowledge it, so you don't have it available to you. So I know, not that I don't make mistakes, because I do, but I know I have the victory. I know who I am in Christ. If I stay in Christ, I know who I am. If I keep my mind renewed, I knew who I know who I am. And the devil is no match for Jesus in me. I understand that. It's not me. It's the Jesus in me. He's no respecter of persons. It's the same thing for each and every one of you. But I was in a fight of faith Sunday, and I didn't understand it. Uh, the first service went, I thought, really well. I, I felt li- like the word was delivered, and everything was as it should be. And I was really looking forward to the second service started to walk out of the sanctuary, and, and this heaviness, just I really thank God for Brenda back there uh, giving me a hand, <laughs> Bring, Brenda Hatfield, give her a hand, by the way, she did a great job. <laughs> and, uh, but, but anyway, this, this heaviness, it just felt like a train ran over the top part of my body. And I thought, oh, what is that? And I went back in the office, I was going to lay down and just rest for a while or do something, and Pam Evie saw it and got a hold of my wife, and my wife came in and said, what's going on? I said, I have no idea, got clammy and all sorts of stuff going on. Well, anyway, try to make a long story short, they called the ambulance, sent me to the hospital, great way to leave a service, you know, anybody want prayer while I'm going out on a a gurney? Uh, But... but, but anyway, when I got to the hospital, it, it was just intensifying, intensifying, intensifying. And uh, the doctor, I could tell, was extremely concerned. And, and I have had a, a, a history of having some stents. 
And so they were really concerned for me. And then finally, uh, they gave me three nitro, and the pain just would not go away, uh, even after the third nitro. And then finally, they started shooting me up in morphine. Not too bad. Uh, <laughs> I've never done drugs, and it is from the pit of hell. But I can have a little bit of an understanding now. <laughs> but, but anyway, I said to the doctor, what's happening? He says, you're having a heart attack. And I said, I'm having a heart attack? And I said, yes. He said, are you sure? He said, I'm 99% sure. And I said, then you aren't sure. <laughs> I'll take the 1%. And uh, he said, well... Well, checking in later or something, I don't remember, I was on that morphine. Then my wife said, he said 99 and 99.9. Well, there's the point one that I'm going to grab on to. <clears throat> I try to look for good in no matter what happens. When I went in for my first stints many years ago, uh, the lady was telling me that, that she thought I had uh, a blockage in my, one of my arteries, and Dr. Ishmael. And uh, I said, well, couldn't it be something else? And she said, well, yeah, it could have something to do with one of your uh, uh, gallbladder. I forget what she said now, one of the other parts of my body. And it sounded a lot better than an artery. So I said, I'll take that. She said, Mr. Mickler, the Nile is not just a, denial is not just a river in Egypt. <laughs> She's trying to tell me to come to grips. You know what? I understand she was doing her job, but I was doing mine too. I'm going to confess the word of God. I don't care if I'm going to die on the platter. I'm going to go out confessing the word of God. Does that make sense? Turn to your neighbor and say, it doesn't matter what. We're going to confess the word of God. So I'm confessing the word of God. I'm Internally, I'm not having a heart attack. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. And the guy finishes up with me and he said, well, you are having a heart attack. And you have a heart attack. And we're going to admit you in the hospital. And I'm thinking, oh, glory to God, that's not correct. I am not having a heart attack. And I said, I, you know, are you completely sure? He said, I'm 99, and Pam said he went to 99.9. I thought he started at 91. Maybe he did, then escalated 99. But I still had 0.1 I was going to hold on to. There's a chance I didn't have a heart attack. And so I went up there, and they're doing everything they can for me. Can't move into bed all this year, having a heart attack or had a heart attack or whatever. Next day they come in, a lady tries to, I don't know if I told you this, honey. She's trying to fill out a piece of paper. And she said, well, you're doing pretty good for having a heart attack. And I said, I didn't. How do you know I had a heart attack? She said, well, it says right here you had a heart attack. And I said, well, I don't think I had a heart attack. And she said, well, nobody told me different. It says on this paper you had a heart attack. So, so pretty soon somebody else comes in and they say, guess what? And I said, I know what. Anytime somebody says, guess what, you know it's going to be in your favor. And I said, what? She said, you didn't have a heart attack. I didn't. No. What did I have? Nobody knows. Fine with me. I'm out of there. Nobody knows. No big deal. I'm out of there. So then they went through, what were you doing? Well, I was, I was <laughs> can you imagine talking to, I'm not sure it was unbelievers, but can you imagine explaining this? Well, I was doing a service and pumping a water pump and really pumping it for all it's worth. What were you pumping a water pump for? Well, I was talking about the Word of God and how you got to get down there in it. Well, how hard were you pumping it? Well, I don't know, but maybe I was pumping it a long time. Well, maybe you had a muscle seizure. I'll take a muscle seizure. Glory to God. I'll take anything but a heart attack, and I may not even take anything. If it's that bad, if it's a muscle seizure, I can get by that. I can exercise more. I don't know what happened. All I know is I wasn't going to have a heart attack. I didn't have a heart attack. And they, I thank God for them. They're absolutely wonderful. Give the Lord a hand. They're absolutely wonderful, but I had a choice. I could listen to what they said 
and say, oh, I'm having a heart attack, I'm having a heart attack. And I could have probably brought on a heart attack because I didn't know what the cuss time going on. I just knew. <laughs> I just knew that I was healed by the stripes of Jesus. Now let's all say, I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. So therefore, anything that is introduced is contrary to the Word of God and the will of God. We don't live that. And, and this is the message today. We've got to focus on the victory that we have. You hear me say this scripture all the time. I meditate it all the time. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 and 58. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. I am steadfast. I am immovable. I am always abounding in the work of the Lord. Well, what if? There are no what ifs. Get rid of your what ifs. The Word of God is truth. We walk in the Word of God. When Jesus was confronted, I know the devil would love to kill me, but he's no respecter of persons. So turn to your neighbor and tell him, the devil is no respecter of persons. He wants to kill you too. But the less you do for, you, for him, the less he's going to come after you. But the more you do for him, the more attacks you're going to draw. So don't be, don't be, oh my goodness, there's an attack coming. No, the devil is out to kill you, to destroy your life. But Jesus gave us the abundant life, gave us the victory, and therefore when the devil shows up, and he begins to talk to us and say, you're having a heart attack. We tell him, no, that's incorrect. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. When he tells you your mind isn't working right, you say, no, that's incorrect. I have the mind of Christ. Well, how do you know you have the mind of Christ? Because the Word of God says so. Everybody say, the Word of God, word of God. says so. So therefore, that's what we walk in. That's what we live in. When Jesus was confronted by the devil in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, I don't understand all of this, but I know it's true. When Jesus was led out into the wilderness to be tempted, temptation or whatever, we know this. We know God never tests us with evil, okay? So we know God doesn't do that. This sounds like a little bit of a contradiction, but I don't believe it is. Jesus was sent out into the devil to just make sure he was ready. Isaiah is being sent to uh, advanced infantry training, or I don't know for sure about Isaiah what all, but, but m mostly after boot camp, they send the Marines to advanced infantry training so that you can get into real combat conditions so you'll know what to do when the things go off and you don't have to run away or get scared. You know, this is what's going to happen. Well, Jesus was sent out and, and and it said he was sent out there for a temptation and, and, and to really pass the test, I guess. And, and when the devil showed up and the devil was telling Jesus that, look, all you got to do is da-da-da-da. And Jesus said, man shall live by, not by bread, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. How are we to live? By every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So therefore, we got a full-time job determining what am I going to live by. I'm going to live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I have abundance because Jesus said so. I have health because Jesus said so. My mind is sound because Jesus said so. The renewed mind walks in the fullness of the power of God because we know the will of God. So therefore, we are living the victory that God gave for us. Now, the devil is very cunning, 
very smart, very sharp, and he's an excellent, excellent tactician. He, know, he knows how to plan warfare. He knows how to get inside a person's mind. He knows how to try to deceive you. And the devil in your life today, has basically three positions that he's trying to figure out. Number one, the devil is attacking you. And if he is attacking you, that's what he does. That is what his specialty is, to attack you. Number two, he will flee from you. And number three, he'll plan his next attack. Now let's go into this in detail. The devil walks about, number one, when it says attacking you. If the devil is attacking you today, he walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may attack. He can attack anyone who will be fearful. He can attack anyone who will succumb to the report that's spoken over your life. He will attack anyone who will not use the word of God. And he will attack anyone until he does hear the word of God because the word of God is our power, our authority, our dominion on this earth. So he will attack and attack and attack as long as he, as he can get you to entertain the attack. Where does he attack? He attacks in your mind. He wants you to think something that is going to contradict the word of God. And when you start to entertain that thought, that the devil gives you, you start to come away from the things of God and the devil gets stronger and stronger and stronger in his attack. Let me see all the hands of the people. You know what I just said is true because you have experienced it firsthand. Nobody told you. You experienced it firsthand. The second thing, is that the devil, it says that the devil will be fleeing from you. That's another position the devil has. James chapter 4, verse 7. When you are submitted to God, the devil will flee from you. I want to back up just for a moment to my time in the hospital. I don't know for sure what happened, but God gets all the glory. God gets all the glory. I don't understand why one person is healed sometimes, another person isn't. I don't know, but God gets all the glory. Uh, Billy Joe Doherty wasn't healed the way I thought he would be, but he ended up in heaven. God gets all the glory. God gets all the glory. God gets all the glory. He didn't cause his death, but God gets all the glory for his life that he lived on this earth. But I was thinking about this, and Pam, I hadn't shared this with you, but I was thinking about this. What if I was having a heart attack? I wouldn't accept it. What if I was having a heart attack, and God performed a miracle and stopped it right in the middle of it? I don't know that he didn't. I don't know that he did. I don't understand it. They, they still don't know what happened to me. They are a guesstimation was that it was a muscle spasm, but they don't really know. I love them. They're excellent at what they do, but they don't know what happened. I don't know what happened either. Was it something I imagined? I don't think so. I think it was a real truck that ran over me. Glory to God. Uh, uh, so I don't think it was my imagination. Uh, was it three nitros that I really took? Yeah, it was three nitros, and that pain didn't go away. Was I having a heart attack, and Jesus healed that in that room? I don't know. Was it that I didn't have a heart attack, and that they just misdiagnosed me? I don't know. All I know is this. God gets all the glory. And a lot of times, there are miracles that we don't even realize it. We say, well, no, they just did misdiagnosed me. Maybe they didn't misdiagnose me. Maybe it was a heart attack. And maybe God intervened at that moment. Yeah. And because of my confession, has nothing to do with me, but because of my confession, that thing was lifted off of me. I say, I'm not done with you yet, even though you cuss. I'm not done with you yet. <laughs> 
Somebody said one time that God's given me a list to do that so long I may never die. Well, I don't know about that, but, but, but you all understand. And then the other one is, is uh, number three. He's, if, if, if the devil has fleed from you, how many of you know what I'm talking about? You resist the attack from the devil. You finally just, I refuse to think that anymore. And all of a sudden you feel it lift up. You know the expression lift off of you? you get, it just lifted off of you. Lifted off you. I could feel that in that hospital. I could feel it lift off of me. It's lifted off of me. And, and I felt that lift off of me. Number three is, ready for the good news? Turn to your neighbor and say, it's all good news. You know the old expression in the world, it's all good? Well, with God, it is. It's all good. It's all good. The devil is planning right now. His next. How many of you are not under direct attack right now from the devil? May I see your hands? You feel like you're not under, I don't feel like I'm under attack. Can I see the rest of you? Okay, go good. Now, here's the, here's the good news I have for you. He's planning his next attack against you right now. Because the last one didn't work. If the last one worked and he was able to really get through to you, he'd still be there. But if he's fleeing from you, then that means he is now planning his next attack. Now, the good news is, everybody say good news. The Bible is full of good news if you know the Word of God. And you get it deep down in your spirit and bam, your emotions always line up with the Word of God. Not with, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? No, no, no. You know what you're going to do. You're going to speak the Word of God. Because the Word of God is your power source. So when he comes again, you're ready for him. You're looking for a good fight. Everybody say, I'm looking for a good fight. There's only one good fight. That's the fight you win. It isn't the fight where you say, I fought a good fight and got the crap beat out of me. There it goes again, close. Is, is, is crap cussing? You'd be my, you'd be my, you'd be, the Holy Spirit's my judge, not you. Sometimes, sometimes though, I get confused, honey. So if you're living the word of God, the devil is going to be fleeing. You're going to see the backside of the devil. But when he comes again, you've got to meet him with that same tenacity and say, I'm not buying any of that stuff. I'm living the word of God. And the word of God says this, whatever the attack is. So therefore, you're not afraid of the devil. Just tell your neighbor, I'm not afraid of the devil. Now, this leads us to Mark chapter 4 and such a powerful, powerful scripture that you all know. But it's one thing to know a scripture. It's another thing to live it. And I'm going to paraphrase this just for time's sake. But in Mark chapter 4, it's it's Jesus who, uh, excuse me, it's the parable of the sower. I've got mixed up here. It's the parable of the sower. And, And Jesus had been teaching the disciples And he gave him a parable about, it doesn't say specifically a farmer, but it gave him a parable about a farmer and that, you know, this person went out to sow seed and some was on good ground, some was on stony ground, some was in thorns and it just would not produce and the seed was eaten up and devoured and was taken away. And so the disciples, after he was done teaching, the disciples and a few others that were with him said, we don't understand that parable that you just gave us. Would you explain it? And in, in Matthew cha- or, uh, 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 Mark chapter 4, verse 13, it says, if you don't understand this parable, you're not going to understand any of the parables. Now, it's said that one-third of all of the teaching that Jesus did was done in parable, basically an illustration of a simple illustration that somebody could latch on to. And then he goes on, and he talks about the different kind of people uh, that he was referring to regarding the seed. And it says in verse number 15, 
these are the ones uh, by the wayside when the word is sown, when they hear it, Satan comes immediately to steal the word of God. Why would Satan come immediately to steal the word of God? You know why he comes. That's your power. That's your authority. That's your dominion. Whether the word of God comes from your prayer journal, excuse me, from the Bible, or whether the word comes from your prayer journal, the word of God through the Holy Spirit is your authority, your power, and your dominion that we stand upon. The word of God says, and that settles the issue. When you start to walk with that tenacity, you're not afraid of a fight. But if you're not standing on the word of God, the devil's going to come, take the word of God, and that's what Jesus was talking about. Then in verse number 16, it says, Now this is the other group. This, they, they're stony ground. They receive it with gladness, but they have no root in themselves when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake. Why does persecution and tribulation arise? It comes to steal the word. That's why the persecution and the tribulation that's going to come on this world in the end times is not coming on the body of Christ. Because God is not delivering that on his people. He's delivering that on the people that are going to be left after the tribulation. But it says that all of this comes for the word's sake. The devil wants to steal the word, and he's doing a great job, I believe. Even in the body of Christ with people, he's doing a great job. And then it goes on in the last, uh, uh, the last uh, comparison. Well, actually, there's one more after this. But it says, uh, now these are the ones, the next group, sown uh, among thorns. They are ones who hear the word and the cares, the distract. That word means distraction. The distractions of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things enter in and it chokes out the word and they become unfruitful. Folks, we have all, at one time or another, lived in one of these different three categories. But then it goes on to say, but these are the ones talking about bearing fruit. But these, the last group, are the ones sown on good ground. This is you. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are good ground. Need somebody to give encouraging words. You are good ground. But these are the ones sown on good ground. They hear the word, accept it, bear fruit, some 30, some 60, and some a hundredfold. I don't know about you, but I think if that's a choice, a multiple choice, I'm taking a hundredfold. How many of you? Let's just say, I want the hundredfold. I want it all to bring glory to God and to do what I can to help Him. So therefore, the stage is set that everybody ought to know that the most important thing for you is not your TV set, it's not your technological telephone, it's not surfing through emails, uh, text messages, uh, Facebook, junk book, Twitter, all that kind of stuff. It, now, this is what I think. <clears throat> I think most people, this is an overgeneralization on my part, Turn to your neighbor and say, he's overgeneralizing. Is generalizing a word? It is now. Okay. I think most people spend more time in technology than they do in the Word of God. I think most people speak, spend more time in technology than they do meditating the Word of God. I think most people spend more time in the deceitfulness of riches, the plan of their work, their job, and stuff like that, than meditating the Word of God. What is the most important thing in your life? You're all going to say this, the Word of God. Speaking right to you, aren't I? Speaking right to you. You know what it's like to meditate the Word of God? You know what it's like to do things you shouldn't be doing? All of, let's all say it. Been there, done that. And we know that it works when we live the Word of God. And the power of God goes into play. 
And therefore, that's why people that once knew the Lord and aren't doing the Lord, oh, they can get high and have a good time for a night, but then they wake up the next morning, they feel horrible. They feel horrible about themselves because they once knew the power of God. Now, you would think that if anybody knew the power of God, <clears throat> excuse me, it would be the disciples. But they were an interesting crew. Uh, God spoke forth to Jesus who he wanted to be the disciples, and Jesus obeyed. And uh, I, I don't know how many of you have ever seen the, uh, the uh, leadership study of the disciples. Someday I'll get it in here and I'll share it to you. But it's, it's the people who are just, uh, uh, applying for a job. And it goes through all of the disciples. And it finally eliminates them one by one because of all the things they have. Matthew, a, a stealer, a tax collector, you know, a horrible guy, and nobody liked him, nobody wanted to be around him. And then it goes through all of them and says, but the one we really recommend for employment that has the best record is this guy named Judas. He looks like he's really quality material. Someday I'll bring that in there because it's really cool when you look at it. Now, <clears throat> so the disciples are hanging out with Jesus. They're hearing all of this. We know that not all of this is in chronological order, but it does look like the chronological order was from uh, Mark chapter 4, moving into what Jesus said about this parable of the sower, into telling the disciples, we're going to cross the Sea of Galilee, and it doesn't say specifically the Sea of Galilee, but, but we're going to cross the Sea of Galilee, We're all going to get in a boat, and we're going to move on. How many of you realize that the sentence that you read in the Bible is not all that Jesus said? In other words, he didn't just say, get in a boat, and didn't say anymore. They they talked just like you and I did. And what he probably did was say, hey, guys, we're going on the other side now. We're going on the other side. I want you all to get in the boat. I'm going to get it back and and take a nap. Don't be bothering me. And and so they push off. <clears throat> and I've never seen a storm on the Sea of Galilee, but I understand they can... I've been on the Sea of Galilee, and it's a lot bigger than I thought, but, but they say when the storm comes on the Sea of Galilee, it is really kicks up quickly and can be really a, a lot of waves and all of that. So the disciples are living the Word of God. They're doing exactly what Jesus said. They got in the boat. They're going to the other side. There's obviously a mission Jesus has for them. And they all get in the boat, and Jesus gets in the back, and he takes a nap. And then, here's the rest of the story. Let us cross over to the other side. And then it said that they had left, when they left the multitude, they took along uh, with him in the boat that he was, and other boats were also with them. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat on the boat, so that it was already filling. You know, that windstorm can be anything that is coming against you, contrary to the Word of God. How many of you got some windstorms going on in your life right now? Those things that are just they're just not lining up with you know what it should be, but you know what the Word of God says. Don't let go of the Word of God. And then it goes on, and this is what it says. <clears throat> Jesus, uh, it says that a great windstorm so that the boat was starting to fill. Jesus asleep in the stern uh, on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, why do you not care that we are perishing? And then he arose, rebuked the wind, and said to them, Peace be still, the wind ceased. And he said, Why are you so fearful? Why are you so fearful? And then they began to fear because even the wind and the waves obeyed him. Now this is what I want to call you to. When you're faced in a, in a, in a trial, in a, in a storm, in, in a tempestuous situation, that temptation is coming to get in agreement with it. Does, does that make sense? The, the devil is trying to tempt you to get into agreement with it. 
this storm is the ultimate that's going to wipe me out. This diagnosis is the ultimate. This diagnosis, my kids are never going to make it. It's like this all the time. And then you start to get double-minded, and you start to come into agreement with the devil. That's what he loves to do. They said, this is what they said to Jesus. They said, don't you care that we are perishing? Now, let's look at this. Jesus said, get into the boat, we're going to the other side. That should have settled the issue. We should have the issue settled. We're healed by the stripes of Jesus. I don't, I don't fault the doctor for giving me that report. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. And the report says this, well, my God has healed that. My God has healed that. Or the, or, or, or you, something happens and, you know, you lose your job and the, God, and, and, and the devil come in. You know, for some of you, it might be the best thing ever happened to you. Glory to God. Gives you a chance to go a different direction. But, you know, you lose your job. So what the heck? God's got another one for me. He's got a better one. What the heck? I was really good there. And, and he's got another job for me. And, and he's got something better and bigger. And I'm going on because my God will restore me. He always will restore me. He'll always redeem me from the hand of the devil. So, therefore, I'm going from glory to glory. It's not just wording that we say. It is the power of God... When when you say, I'm going from glory to glory, it excites the Spirit of God within you, your reborn spirit man. So here they are. This is exactly where many people live. They said, we are perishing. Jesus said, go to the other side. They are contradicting the mission that Jesus had them on. Jesus said, we're going to the other side, and they said, we are perishing. They had a choice. They could have gone through that storm. I don't know if they could have stood up and rebuked that storm. Maybe they could have stood up and rebuked the storm. Maybe they could. I don't know. But I know this. There is a storm that we can go through, we can go over, we can go under, we can go around, or we can rebuke it, but either way, we're going through the other side. We're going to make it through. Can you say amen to that? So it doesn't matter the size of the storm or the size of the situation or the size of the distraction, but all that matters is, am I focused upon God? Do I know what the Word of God says? Do I know what the Holy Spirit has shown me? Do I know what, do I know what the, the, the prayer journal has showed me? This is what I prayed six months ago. I haven't seen it come to pass yet, but I know that I know that I know the Holy Spirit spoke it to me. I'll stand on that. And then when somebody comes along, well-meaning, how many of you got some well-meaning people. Well, how are we going to do? What are we going to do? When are we going to do it? I don't know when. I don't know how. All I know is God is going to perform His Word. He will hasten to perform His Word. His Word and His uh, uh, definition of hasten is different than mine. But that's okay. He will hasten. The Word of God says He hastens to perform His Word. So let's just say it. God hastens to perform His Word. So therefore, I am going to wait on the Lord and wait on the Lord and wait on the Lord because I know He hastens to perform His Word. And therefore, every situation that comes against us and contrary to the Word of God, we stand against it and we refuse to accept it. Sometimes, as we walk through this world, the biggest challenges you will have people closest to you that the devil will try to use. You understand what I'm saying? And that those are the ones that will shake you the most. When we first started our church, I'll never forget this. It's funny now, but at the time it wasn't. <clears throat> we had a small group of people, and uh, we had this one couple that 
decided to do something for me and, and buy a phone for the church. And uh, I had a check in my spirit. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Check in your spirit. Can I see your hands? You know what I'm talking about. It's just like, I don't have a full sentence. I don't have a paragraph. Just something doesn't seem quite right. And, but, but we let them buy the phone. And then some things escalated from there. And, and then they, they shared with me that they, that they were in a position to be able to enable me and enlighten me as to the spiritual uh, operation in Lafayette uh, of where all the Indian mounds are and what all needed to be done. And they got really out there in weird, weird, wooey land. I wasn't there. And I remember we had to make a part, but I, I felt very young as a pastor, and I didn't want to offend anybody, but I've gotten over that. So turn to your neighbor and say, he's gotten over that. I got over that a long time ago. If I haven't offended you yet, I will. I would never do it on purpose. I'd never do it on purpose. But I guarantee you it can happen. That's why when people leave a church and say, well, I was offended. Sometimes people come to this church and I say, oh, uh, have you not been in church? Oh, yeah, I was part of ABC Church down the road. And I said, oh, great. And I said, why would you leave? The pastor offended me. I thought, oh, you won't be here long. But no. I hope not, but you understand what I'm saying. So one day they decided they wanted to see with me. They had had it with me, and I had had it with them. I was just being a little bit kinder than they were. And so at the time, we were meeting in the, in the lower level of, of a bank building. It was actually the basement, but I renamed it the lower level. I thought that sounded more spiritual. The lower level of the bank building. And so all I had uh, in the office was the powder table that we used for the babies, and that was my desk. And uh, we were not had a pad on top of it and powdering the babies for services, that was my desk. Move the pad and powder, but that was my desk. And so they came in to see me, and it was just a small square desk, and they told me what they thought about me and about the Word of God and about faith, totally contrary to what I was preaching, totally contrary. As a matter of fact, she even brought up the Marine Corps, and she said, I was stationed with a bunch of Marines one time, and I think they're a bunch of dummies because whatever they're told to do, they do it. And I think that that's not good. Well, that didn't really sit too well with me being a, a, in the Marine Corps, so I thought, well, I, I don't really like you either, but I'm not really saying that. I'm feeling that. So finally, when we got to the end, and, and I was feeling these fiery darts, and all of a sudden I realized, you know what? This is coming from the devil, not these people. People don't attack on purpose and say, I'm lined up with the devil and I'm going to get you. They just do it because they don't have a lot of common sense and they don't have their mind renewed, so the devil can use them. The devil can use anybody whose mind is not renewed. Can I say that again? The devil can use anybody whose mind is not renewed. Therefore, he can, he's subject to use any of us. If your mind's not renewed, he can get in there and play with your mind. And he really played with their mind. And so finally, they told me everything they thought about me. And I said, God, I'm praying, God, what do you want me to do? I thought, like the Lord said, just love them and let them go and, and pray for them. And I said, fine, I will. And so I got all finished, loved them, prayed for them, and said, well, thank you so much. And I wish you success in your new church or, you know, wherever you decide to go. And we got up, and I thought it was all done with. And, and the couple got up, and the guy stopped, and he said, and by the way, this desk is all wrong that you have. And I said, what do you mean? He said, it's square. It should be round. It's intimidating. And all of a sudden, I just wanted to take the desk and bring it down on his head. <laughs> My desk is intimidating. It's where we bathe the babies and powder the babies. And, uh, and, and all of a sudden, and finally, finally, this scripture has always meant a lot to me. Nehemiah 8.10. 
the joy of the Lord is my strength. And all of a sudden, as they started to leave, and I, and I said, oh, okay, I'll, I'll look into it. You know, I wasn't going to look into anything. But as they, as they left, all of a sudden, I started to laugh. And then I started to feel sorry for them. First of all, the heaviness that was coming against me and the attack, the arrows that were coming. Shield of faith. It says we have the shield of faith in Ephesians chapter 6. <clears throat> that shield of faith is based on the word of God. If you don't have the word of God, you don't have faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But all of a sudden, that shield of faith came up, and I thought, God, you are so good. And then I, I, just, I just started to laugh about the whole thing that transpired. And then I started to feel a kind of a heavy spirit for them. I was concerned about them because they were being used by the devil. Not that they were not the problem. Everybody said they were not the problem. Our fight is against powers and principalities of darkness. Therefore, we get to the point in our life when we realize who our fight is. It's against the devil. And if I walk in the power of the Word of God, and if I live the Word of God and walking, I've got the victory manifest, and I have not negated what Jesus did for me on the cross. I am living the life that He has called me to live. I make mistakes just as you make mistakes. But the most important thing in your life should be, am I living the Word of God? Do I have the Word of God downloaded? Am I meditating the Word of God? I'll end with the scriptures, my favorite, one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Joshua had just been promoted. He, he was really seeking God, and God spoke to him and said, Joshua, if you will meditate my Word day and night, you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. Don't you ever be dismayed. Back to my little episode in the hospital. I don't know if that was the miracle of God taking the heart attack away or not, but I know this. God performs miracles, and he's no respecter of persons. If you expect a miracle, you'll have a miracle. If you don't expect a miracle, you may never have a miracle. If you expect to be blessed, you'll probably be blessed. If you don't expect to be blessed, you probably won't be blessed. Your expector should be based on what the Word of God says. And the Word of God says, I have the abundant life. Therefore, I claim the abundant life. I have abundance for every good work. I have the seed to sow whenever I need to sow it as God leads. I can tithe because the Word of God says tithe because I know the windows of heaven will open up and I'll have a blessing there'll not be room enough to contain. The Word of God says it. That settles the issue. Can you say amen? Let's all stand to our feet. Whatever the Word of God says, that settles the issue. And we don't argue with people. Our fight is against powers and principalities of darkness that are scheming against us day and night. But the good news is, good news, everybody say good news. The good news is, now if you'll get this downloaded into your spirit and into your mind, it'll change your life forever. The good news is we are fighting a fight we have already won because of Jesus. And if we understand that, we got to fight the fight, but the fight has already been won because Jesus has gone ahead. He's prepared the way. The fight for your health, the fight for your mind, the fight for your family, the fight for your job, the fight for your finances, the fight for everything that applies to you, you already have the victory. All we have to do is walk it out. Amen to that. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? I want to ask you a question. Maybe you came in late. Maybe you came in and I didn't get to see your hand when you raised it. 
But I had asked this earlier, and I ask it. This is no time in the world we live in today to be living without knowing Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. We are not guaranteed tomorrow. We are not guaranteed tomorrow, but we are guaranteed eternal life, eternal life to live forever with Jesus in heaven when our time on this earth ends. And if you're here and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let this be the night. If you're here and you're like a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter, you've walked away from the things of God, let this be the night you come home. And all over this church, if I've described you and you say, Pastor, pray for me because I know my life is not right with God. I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air and we're going to pray for you. It'll take just a moment. Holy Spirit, you know everybody that's here. Anyone at all. Hallelujah. Well, we have a we have a born again church here tonight. So I praise God for that. I thank you, Lord, that every single person here believes that you are their Lord and Savior. But now I want to pray right where you are as we close. How many of you are in a situation where you really need, all of us need an answer to prayer? The moment we pray, God hears us and we stand in faith for the manifestation of that. But how many of you need a miracle in your life? Can I see your hands? Lift them up real high, real high. Now keep them up there, please. Now believers, look around you. Hands over here, over on that side. Mary, right next to you. Look around you, believers. Yeah, there they are. Hands up over here. Once you go to them, once you lay hands on them, and we're going to begin to pray for them now. In Jesus' name. Got a lady right over here in the front row. David has her. If we've missed you, wave your hand. If you can't get to them, just stretch your hands out. Now, Father, you know exactly what every miracle that is needed here is. And you are no respecter of persons. Whether it be finances, whether it be health, whether it be restoration, whatever it is, you know exactly what that person needs. And we call forth that miracle in the name of Jesus. I pray that whatever you have told the person with their arm raised, whatever their position is to be in regard to this miracle, I pray that they will be there. That they will be doing what you have shown them to do. Living the Word of God, speaking the Word of God, and meditating the Word of God. We declare signs, wonders, and miracles for every person that needs it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, let's all say I receive my miracle because it's God's will. And I will meditate day and night the Word of God because I have victory and I live in victory and I proclaim victory because of what Jesus did for me. Can you say amen? Let's give the Lord a hand. Go and be blessed.